Welcome back to the Photographer Mindset Podcast, a series where we explore how to develop a winning mindset and attitude by talking to different photographers in the Instagram community. I'm your host, Seth Macy, and today I'm joined by my good friend, Mike Nucherino, who goes by the username at Nooch10 on Instagram. And today we're talking wildlife, man. We're getting back to basics, talking fundamentals. So as always, why don't you kick off with telling everybody how you got into photography and what you're all about? Sure. Um, I started basically because of my dad. He was the family photographer, documented every party, every birthday party, anything that was family related. He just was constantly had his camera with him. So I was exposed at an early age. And then um, when I started getting older into high school, middle school, that the time range, I started, you know, taking a little point and shoot with me to parties with all my friends and and be that that guy that was just annoying and in everyone's face trying to, you know, hey, why don't you uh, do that keg stand again? I didn't quite get the, you know, the light didn't come through, which is perfect. So so I have a lot of those fun party um, type atmospheres that are really nice to look back on now, actually. That was pre-cell uh, phone, so it wasn't. Yeah, no uh, iPhone? This is no, film. No era, iPhone. Right? Yeah, this is, this is the 90s, man. So, um yeah, it's cool. I got that. And, and it's nice to have um, friends come to you too. Um, like, hey, remember that one time? You know, do you have anything from that that party or what, you know, whatever it is? And it's nice to have an archive. And I was I was super diligent about keeping that all organized in iPhoto when it first came out. That that software blew my mind. I, I scanned everything in that I had and loved playing with iPhoto and getting everything just right with you know, having everyone's name so that you could just, I thought that was the greatest thing. I could type in someone's name and all the pictures that had that person's face <sighs> on them. You know, that was just so cool. And then the geo tag. I loved making sure that all the tags were there nice and clean so that I could see the world with all the pins that I've in places I've been. So, um, yeah, it started. You're kind of a nerd, then, eh? Yeah, I, I nerded out a little <laughs> bit. And then I started following fish in the late 90s, mid, mid late 90s. And um, I'd, I'd always take a camera with me to those shows and sneak it in. I, I was pretty crafty with how I'd, how I'd get them in. Cause you weren't allowed to take cameras in. And so, um, I didn't know you did concert stuff. Well, yeah, I, I did a lot of every show I went to, I would try and sneak in a camera. Uh, that was, that's that was awesome. huge for me. Yeah. Just cause I wanted to remember, you know, the show or do you think that's like, I guess friends. it kind of makes me ask the question, like, why do people like yourself want to take, like, why, why, are you, why are you wanting to take a picture? You know what I mean? Like yeah. what, gives you that urge to bring a camera to a party so that because there's no way you're thinking oh 20 years from now i'm gonna love looking at these i don't think it's that what do you think it is in the moment um i think i really enjoyed kind of hiding behind it i think i liked you know i wasn't the most social kid in high school um i had a really cool group of friends very outgoing you know we partied and, and had a great time but i i didn't like talking I didn't like the social aspect of parties. Mm -hmm. I, I liked, you know, hanging with a one-on-one -on -one or a couple real close friends. And when the parties got too big, I liked to kind of, you know, just kind of chill out with my camera or I'd throw on a, a, a VHS and kind of like be over there <laughs> on the side chilling and, and drinking and, and hanging out or whatever. It just, when, whenever VHS. parties got too big. Yeah, exactly. I wonder whenever how many people listening big, won't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. It's this <laughs> magnetic tape. Yeah. But yeah, um, no, that's cool. Yeah. I just uh yeah, it wasn't cool at all, but um that's kind of how I got how I got started with that and um and then 
I got my first digital camera and then I was sort of like really digging going out to like, I'd bring that everywhere. I'd take it to Letchworth. I'd take it to, well, that's a state park near, uh, near Buffalo. Um, mm-hmm. I'd take it with me everywhere I went. And then I, I was in a band too. And I always thought it was very important to, um, record every practice. So I got a video recorder and, you know, I would always, I want to see how we look if you're, you know, we, it just was important to me that we looked and played and sounded a certain way. So um, I was constantly um, going through all those and archiving that and picking out the things that I liked out of that. If there were little jams, you know, I could I could use my camera to go back and um, remember what had happened. I never. That's cool. You know, that it was like I wanted like to a keep tool that because it was yeah, it was multi-purpose. Whereas, like, if I just had like right. a DAT player at the time. Um, I'd be spending a ton of money on a DAT recorder and then I could only use it for audio and I didn't need great recordings. You know, I, I was able to mm-hmm. do my pictures and record, you know, the audio from the band. So it was like a two for two for one. It was a two for <laughs> that's what they'd say in Canada. Two for. Yeah. Yeah. I can, can confirm that. Well, Mike, <laughs> you're honestly, uh, you're one of my favorite wildlife photographers. I know we were talking about before we got on here about how you do landscapes too, but you have transitioned recently to um, more of the wildlife genre and can honestly tell you that you're one of the people who inspired me to buy that big mega, mega Sigma lens that I just bought. Even though you're not a Sigma guy, you're shooting Tamron. <laughs> we're still at the same focal length, that 150 no, to 600, mil- 600 millimeters. So um, how did you get into wildlife? Did that sort of just happen by accident and... Um, obviously a, a very important part of wildlife photography is patience. And sure. I guess my question about that is, is it sort of like a chicken and the egg thing? Does photography teach patience or does wildlife photography teach patience or do you need to develop that prior to? I don't, I don't know about the word need. Um, I think everyone operates differently. Um, for me, I'm, people that know me, I'm, I'm kind of a crazy person. That's, that's what everyone <laughs> says, says about me. I'm, I'm, I'm the crazy person, but, um, I will, I will spend hours, you know, if, if it's something that means something to me, it doesn't matter if it's photography related. Um, it could be whatever. If, if I'm into it and I'm focused on it, it is, uh, it is all consuming for me. So if I set a goal out, um, I'll, I'll pretty much do almost anything it takes to, to get her done. I, uh, with, with wildlife in particular, you know, we've been on myself, Adam, Danny, Brett Blakely, we've been kind of going out a lot lately trying to, um, push each other to do better. And each, each, I think each person has something really good to offer the other. Um, but recently we were, we kind of all at the same time, we're like, let's go get a Fox. What does it take to, to get a Fox, you know? And the amount of research that I, I did, you know, whether it was YouTube, Instagram, networking, um, investigating gear, techniques, how to track them. I mean, it was hours and hours and hours and hours and hours put into to trying to get a Fox image that, you know, you'd be proud of and want to put on the wall. How many hours would you say of research and dedication went into just that one or the, that you know, set of Fox photos. Cause I've seen them. I'm looking at them right yeah. now on my computer and they're so awesome. I'll tell you it, it's been, I definitely got started last year and 
everything I read said that it was easier to track them in the wintertime because you could see the footprints in the snow, you know, so then you can mm -hmm. follow the footprints. And when you get close to a den, you'll see a lot of scatter in the snow. You know, you, you know that that's a high traffic area and their nest is probably, or their den is really, really close by. So I put in quite a bit of time last year on the ground, you know, walking, these particular woods by my house because I've, I've seen them you know they'll cross the street or they'll you know you know they're around you see signs you know them. yeah you know they're around yeah exactly so i mean <laughs> the miles walked <laughs> it's just it's crazy <laughs> and to to not find a footprint was was very frustrating when you knew they were there you know and and not seeing that activity so that you know that that first winter was very frustrating but then when brett adam and, and myself kind of put our heads together and started really reaching out and making connections. Um, I had put a lot of work into trying to find one by my house, you know, and uh, I did find one footprint <laughs> out of, I, I can't even tell you, I know you were asking for a time. I really can't even put a time on it. It, it was weeks of going out almost every day. Um, and I found one singular footprint and it was leading into a golf course. And uh, so I got there the, the next morning real early, you know, and um, I went out onto the golf course and, and I saw three coyote almost immediately. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. You know, like I didn't even know coyote were that close to my house. And then um, I turned to make, you know, a turn over to go deeper into the golf course. And, you know, it's we're talking 5 a.m. So it's really still kind of dark out. And I see the fox go tearing, tearing across, you know, I'm just like, damn it, you know, like, and I, I went to my spot and it never came back. So the next morning mm. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just get out there, you know, an hour earlier, like whatever, I, you know, I'm going to yeah. fox this fox. And I, I get out there an hour <laughs> earlier and uh, I'm there, you know, at, at, at four o'clock or something like that. And, and um, I got my whole setup and eight o'clock rolls around. I'm like, screw this. I'm going home. You know, like, I don't know if people are going to start showing up on this golf course or not. So I, it, and I'm like, on, I'm on the green and the green, like it banks up a little bit so I can lay on it. And I'm like tapered away from where the Fox was, where I saw him come out, you know, in the direction I saw that, that footprint. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I'm like, I thought it was a great spot, but it didn't matter. And I get up, pack all my stuff up. And sure enough, there he is. 150 feet away from me tearing ass across the, the <laughs> golf course i'm just like oh god damn it you know like so frustrating so i'm like all right i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna split the difference right i'll split the difference from where i saw him the previous day and, and this time and he, and he never showed up the next day damn just dude. like yeah it just you you gotta just stick with it you know and so and i then, mean then um, you're going out you're going out actively looking for yeah. these I, yeah. I take it because one of my, I guess one of my follow up questions was, you know, are you checking forums? Are you, is it luck? Um, aside from research, it just sounds like you're going out knowing that they're there because you've seen them and, and right. doing your and best. And then I'm just track. walking, yeah, just walking every inch of land looking for a footprint. I found one muddy footprint. Right. And are you doing this type of, I guess, strategy for all the animals you've shot, like including the deer you found and, you know, so like I have that, a different, no, no deer by my, by where I live are, are um, they're all over the place. So right. there's a bunch of different places you can go, you know, as soon as it turns dusk, the deer mm -hmm. come out everywhere. And I, I was just 
saying this the other day if, if i see a deer now it's like it really needs to be like almost doing jumping jacks for me to even think about getting the you know the camera out because it's like it's a dime a dozen now they're they're everywhere i you know right you, uh, you gotta get it's just it's not interesting to me i don't find <laughs> it interesting anymore so so i mean you've gotten a, you've gotten a lot of fox shots since then and not winter ones um, right how are you tracking then in the in the summer months spring months any differently? well like this the spring i don't think i i honestly don't think i have the skills to find one in the summer i got lucky with that one footprint because it was just a swamp out and i was able to spot the track in the mud and see the direction it was going and it just kind of seemed like a good spot to go and then i had um i bought a uh i bought a trail cam and i was kind of hiding mm. it where i thought it would be you know and it was it's it's really nice actually it's it's got um it's motion active activated and it's um night vision so you can program it to take a picture and and record maybe you know 10 30 10 to 30 seconds and then it'll trigger how much is one of those run motion. where can you where can you pick one up i bought amazon, mine on amazon sure. yeah i just yeah. went for the top rated one on amazon i think it was like there you three go. bucks yeah you Not can't beat bad. amazon especially now they're really good with deliveries Right when no stores are open, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Yeah. So I mean, since your foxes, which are just like crazy, that got featured on a ton of pages. I remember. Um, what's on your bucket list? What's up next? What are you doing to what you know? What's on your um, Hall of Fame list of animals to shoot? Yeah, what I'm steps still, are you taking towards doing that? Yeah, right. I'm still early in developing a bucket list. I would say I I kind of have recently gotten into wildlife. I I like I like having a mix of landscape and wildlife. I like creating little environments on my profile and, and Instagram for like where the animals would like hang out and chill. And I was doing that a lot until um, quarantine began and then I couldn't travel as much to get like really good landscapes. So I've actually put a lot more time and focus into the into the wildlife stuff. But next on the list is definitely a bear. I've been doing a lot of research on uh, on uh, what 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 their habits are, where they are around me. What's the, you know what's the closest I could go to try and get one? And um, we're actually going to the Adirondacks. A couple buddies of mine um, in a couple weeks, and you know, be cool to try and track one there. But I think Allegheny State Park is going to be my best bet for me locally to get one what have you found in like your research with bears in particular because you know this is something i'm really trying to get into especially after buying that lens um you know i'm, I'm just still trying to wrap my head around how okay let's say a black bear like how to even go about starting that um you, you start with you know YouTube. what i mean you got to start with youtube yeah everything's youtube i want a great a, search engine yeah i wanted to put a roof on my house i went to youtube you know it's just, it doesn't no matter kidding, what it eh? is. Oh my God, dude. YouTube. Literally anything, yeah. you know? Yeah. You're I think people forget with, that uh, that is a search engine. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's like, if you need anything, you can visually see it and hear someone walk you through whatever it is that you, you know, are trying to set out to do. I won't do anything without consulting YouTube first. 
<laughs> the Almighty. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's the easiest resource to to gain knowledge, and uh, it's quick, and you can see you can kind of see what works and what doesn't. I mean, if the person doesn't have a lot of uh, <laughs> likes or a lot of likes on it, then I'm I'm going to stay away from it. But if the dude's super popular right. and he's saying, you know, this is he's out there with a measuring tape showing the stride of a fox, and you should look. It's about uh, you know two feet, and it's a single file row, and he's like you know, videoing exactly how it looks. I mean, why would I not? I could see you take advantage of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I have a tape measure in my back pocket every time now I go out. No way, really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will. Knowing you, I, I wouldn't have put it past you. No, I mean, <laughs> no, it's over two feet. It's over two. It's got to be a. That's a great Dane. Damn it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's cool. I didn't. I, I haven't really thought about that about YouTube. Just um, you can find anything, and you can immediately identify who's credible and who's not on YouTube just by like a thumbs up and a thumbs down, or even Absolutely. just scrolling. I found myself sometimes I'll be listening to the audio of a video on YouTube while reading the comments. Yeah, I don't know if you ever catch yourself yep. doing that kind of stuff. I, I do, I do for sure. The other thing, and it's it's not a good thing to do, but I'll I'll look for quality, like quality of the video, quality of the recording. If it if it kind of looks like trash, it it doesn't hold my. I shouldn't judge like that because there's a lot of people that have a lot of good. Um, a lot of good things to say in lower quality, but for some reason on YouTube, I just find if the recording quality is great, that person generally <laughs> is doing something right and knows their stuff. I've, I've really yeah. never been let down by, by someone who's putting out quality stuff. Yeah, for sure. So going back to the bears, what are a few things that you've learned about maybe tracking them? You think I haven't learned success? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't spent that much time. I mean, the Fox thing literally was just a couple of weeks ago. So I've, I've just recently shifted gears and I haven't put a ton of research into bear yet. Um, more just the location, um, for me personally, um, for where I live and, um, you know, where, where could I stay if I'm going to camp out and like puts, you know, put some time into, cause that's right. not, that's not the type of thing I can just, you know, like the foxes, I can't just go, you know, into my backyard and, yeah, and, and camp out. It's got to be, you know, I got to pick the best time to go, you know, go when there's not a lot of people around. Where can I, you know, set up camp? So it's been more that than actually, all right, now I'm out here and I'm there. What am I going to, you know, what do I got to do? I haven't really gotten that far yet. Right. Well, it's hours and hours of research. Yeah, it is. Um, I, got a, I got some time ahead of me. Pretty basic question. And I know like even as a photographer myself, I hate getting asked this question, but what kind of gear is essential for, you know, wildlife and stealth or getting the shots that you do? I know you mentioned that you handcrafted your own ghillie suit, which I think is sweet, or your camo set. <laughs> it's Maybe you can tell us yeah. about that. It's not a suit. It's uh it's just a... <laughs> I picture you as the Call of Duty sniper. If anyone <laughs> saw me, yeah. If anyone saw me, they would be freaked out, that's for sure. Um, there you go. So again, cause you know, we're all in quarantine and I really wanted to I put, I put all the resources and effort into the Fox through quarantine. And so I kind of made my own setup. Um, I have, I have a lot of Halloween parties every, you know, every year is another Halloween party. I've probably done it like 10 years in a row now. So I have this weird blanket that's kind of like, it's this like dark hunter green blanket, but it's like woven. So mm. there's like holes, big holes through it. So it's kind of like a mesh braided green mossy colored blanket, right? 
And I was like, oh, that'd be perfect to just like wrap myself up in and you just like <laughs> lay on the ground. And then I, I bought a camo, uh, I bought a camo hat and jacket and um, I have these, these green um, muck boots. I would highly recommend a pair of muck boots if you don't have them for landscapes or wildlife photographers. Um, and everything's just sort of like dull green, you know, colors. And I got, uh, but the big part about that blanket is I could put it over my head and I could see through it because it's got, you know, if I align it perfectly. And so the most recent thing I did was, um, was, uh, shooting great blue herons and that thing worked perfect. Mm. I just wrapped myself in that. I was right on the, right on the edge of the marsh, just laying down. I put a blanket down and just draped myself in the camel gear that I had, you know, and that blanket and they never saw me at all came right up to me it was great how close would you say you can get with your setup your DIY um, setup? i mean they have to come to you you know that's the thing like once you get yourself in position these animals are all scared you know they're all terrified so if they right. sense something's off you know there's so many times I'll, i'd go out and you move the wrong way or do something change your position and something flies away or runs away and you're just like god you know damn it it sucks but or even um, worse they do the they freeze for half an hour. Yeah, right. Because then, then, like, even then, you're not sure whether. Yeah, even then, you're not sure whether you should reset or not. At least yeah, if exactly. they fly away, you're like, well, at least I can get to a better vantage point. Yeah. No. If that happens, I stay. I stay put, and I'll just sit there for another, you know, hour or two before you know. And then they usually come back, and and you know, you, you're still in that prime spot. You don't want to keep changing your location because you just you'll scare something else away in the new location. If you did the research, you know where you need to be and you scare shit away, then that's on you. And then you just, you got to reset and just stick it out. Learn from it. Learn from it. Wait it out if you can. If not, there's always tomorrow. Yeah, dude, that's a lot of patience though. It is. I mean, have you, have you always naturally been a patient person? Would you say that? I would say I'm not a patient person. I would no. actually call myself not a patient person. I want results immediately, but I will well, do. You see the what irony, it, right? I knew, I know, and it, it 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 messes me up. But I will do what it takes to get what I want. But I want it immediately, right? You know, it so seems like, like this, your desire for success overwhelms or overrides your impatientness, which in your you case probably works out for the better. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think, I think you have, I think cause on. like as soon as you would sense any impatience, I think just hearing you and I would, I would put this to myself as well. No, I'm doing this cause I know what the end result's going to be if I do do this. And if I do persevere, right. I know what needs to be done, right? Like I have to sit here for four hours if I want this to work and I want that shot yeah. and I want it now. So I have to. I have to sit here for four hours and that's I how I that's like, a great mantra. That's how I, com- that's how I compartmentalize yeah. it in my head, you know, but that's a great um, mantra for anything. Yeah. Like I'm going to have to sit through a lot of bullshit to get to the end. Right. Like who doesn't Just sit like through anything. bullshit in their life, right? Like you're going to sit in line yeah. at the store. You're going to sit in traffic, going to a concert. You're going to, you know, like, are you not going to do anything because you're consuming time that you don't right. deem quality, you know, like you're never going to, you're never right. going to fun otherwise. Yeah, and I think it's also convincing yourself. Well, you don't even need to convince it, but just avoiding the narrative that you're that it that what you're doing is a waste of time because it's really not. No, it's what know, needs to be done um, to accomplish the task. That's why. Yeah, you know, even that's, just that's like, how you got to think about it. Exactly, like a full day of shooting, and 
you get home and there's nothing on your card that's usable still wasn't really a waste of time. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. There's a ton of lessons that were learned from going out. You know, either maybe you screwed up and and you moved. Well, I don't don't do that tomorrow. Or maybe I was in the wrong spot and oh man, I, I you know, I was I was 50 feet that way. If I was 50 feet the other way, it would have been perfect. That's where like their feeding spot is or that's where, you know, um whatever worked out, you know, to make them be in that spot. Well, that's where you go tomorrow. You know, or right damn, it was really cold and I, I didn't bring a jacket and I just, I had to bail, you know? Yeah. And so tomorrow I'll bring you a jacket. Yeah. It was one of, it's one of those things too. I was talking about this with Aaron on the last episode was just, um, when, you know, something goes badly, it's, it's done, you know, it's over. Yeah. You, there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing you can do. No. Um, it, you kind of just have to live in the moment and roll with the punches. I feel like, but more on that, is there any way, how do you bounce back from just like a horrible day of in the photography sense, just like I didn't get anything that I could use and I burned, you know, 10 hours. I mean, it'd be easy to say I have an iron mind and it doesn't phase me, but you know, that would obviously be frustrating. Is there anything you do to just kind of reset for the next day? Yeah. The most, when, when, when you get frustrated and, and, uh, you know, you come away with nothing and you invested money or time into doing something, energy. Um, you just have to take it as an experience and 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 try to learn from it. For for me personally, I know that sounds lame, but you know, me personally, when it, whenever I do something that I put my mind to and I put a lot of effort in and it never works out, I try to go in, I really do try to go in ahead of time expecting it not to work and i i've been getting a lot of grief. interesting i've been getting a lot of grief from uh you know brett and adam lately they they got that uh <laughs> that saturday night live character that they keep throwing at me debbie downer <laughs> um but i i do that to as a as a def, as a defense um you know i'm a bills fan i'm a sabers fan you know i'm i'm not going I'm into a season you. i know i'm not going into a season excited <laughs> man that's been beaten in my head for since i was a child like after those super bowls i, that, I haven't seen anything you know so um well there was the 06 sabers run but, um yeah no it, it's i that is my attitude that is just who i am as a person you got to prove it to me i got to prove it to myself i i i just don't believe things are going to go the way i want them to go just because you just you got to put yourself in the position to be successful. You got to you got to get the right gear, you got to do the right research and you got to get up at the right time and 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 get out there. And right. that's the best you can do from that point on. Well, you know, everything that's in my control, I am fanatical about making sure that that is 100% and I'm good to go. Everything else, I just expect it to not go right. Cause I, I have no control over it. I, I'm not involved. I'm not involved in how it works. You know, I, I can't say this Fox needs to be standing in front of my lens, chewing on a feather and a leaf. Like I, I, that's not how I start my day. I'm not climbing a mountain in the Alps, you know, expecting to get to the top and there not be a cloud just surrounding me. You know, I'm just, I'm ready for that. So the whole time I'm climbing or the whole time I'm waiting for something, I'm just expecting, you know, this is going to be a great hike. This is going to be a nice day. I'm out in nature. I'm not at my desk. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not stuck in the house. This is. This is. That's the attitude I have. You know, I have all right. my stuff. I'm trained up. I, I put myself in a position to be successful. And if it goes right, it feels great. If it doesn't go right, you know what? 
I, I expected it to not go right. So, well, and you, you can at least walk away saying I did all I could. I did all I could. Yeah. But my, I put myself in the position to be successful. Maybe it didn't happen, you know? Right. And if it was something that I, I did that made me not successful, then I got something that I, I learned from that I can tweak. Exactly. My gear. I can tweak my gear. I can tweak my setup. I can, you know, I can, uh, do some things to recover and, and turn it around. And so that's exciting on its own as well. You know, every time I go yeah. to Europe, I, I come home with new little lessons learned and, um, and they're valuable. And, and now I feel every time I go, I feel a little more confident about what I'm going to do when I'm there and, um, and, uh, and be more efficient, be more efficient for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool too, about what you said is that wildlife is one of those only one of the few genres of photography where there are outlying, there are outliers, right? You know what I mean? Like a mountain's not going to move on you. If you mess that up, it's kind of on you. You still, there's still a lesson you still learn from it. But wildlife's one of those things where like, you know, the foxes might not show up. (laughs) It's just, there's nothing you can do. And I think you can almost find a sense of comfort in that. And I think that's what you're saying. Like, oh, like I'm prepared. I know everything that I need to know to get this shot. If it shows up, great. If it doesn't, I expected it not to. And then you're not heavily disappointed exactly that's that's kind of like that's how i set myself up for sure it's kind of like the classic when you go to a restaurant and the the hostess or host tells you you know it's a 30 minute wait and then your table's ready in 20 minutes so you're pleasantly surprised exactly if it isn't if it's if it's ready in 30 you're not disappointed so i wouldn't say it's negative in any sense for anybody listening who's saying who thinks maybe that sounds a little bit negative i would say maybe you're just it's almost like a negative fantasy you're creating so that if that does happen, you're not severely like mad or frustrated. No, you can't. You can't because it's not in your control. Most of, most of the stuff is completely out of your control. You can't control the weather. You can't control. Like I would never, I would never go out to shoot and, and think, you know, all elements are going to be like, I want it to be a sunny day or I want it to be an overcast day. And I want it to be, you know, I want a little rain and I want like, there's just too many elements that are completely out of your control that you try and get it to align. If I can go out and get anything at all and make that work for what I'm trying to do, I'm happy with that. And then the next day, if I'm, you know, if I want to make it better, I go out one more day. I want to try and make it better. I go out another day. You know, you just keep going until you're happy and you're satisfied, but you can't go out. I don't think I personally don't, go out thinking that all these perfect moments need to align. Like it's just, it's just not practical and you're going to, you're going to stress so hard and not enjoy yourself when you should be out there enjoying yourself just because you're out in nature and you're, you're seeing some amazing stuff. You're seeing animals live in their natural habitat. You're seeing these epic landscapes, you're, you know, sunrise, sunset, or even if it's overcast and cloudy it's still you know it smells amazing and it, you know the sights are yeah. still great you know you're out in nature getting exercise you know there's all there's tons of other benefits to it you know you can't for real you can't it's just being great we talked about this on the last episode it's just expressing you know gratitude and internal appreciation for the things that are going right yeah you know like you said you're not sitting at your desk you're not yeah you know like you're able to be able to go and do nuts. this yeah yeah you drive yourself. I think nuts a lot of otherwise. people. I think a lot of people do drive themselves nuts, just like getting frustrated with anything they're trying to learn, yeah, or do. Um, it's pretty easy to convince yourself, like, "Oh, I'm no good. I can't do this." But you know, it happens to everyone. You got to kind of push through. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's not um, to say I don't get pissed off, or you know, no, of course, you know, get frustrated. I get plenty frustrated yeah, yeah. And, and pissed off, but then you know, I, I don't let that consume 
that's not the that's not the definitive emotion for me. You know, that that's that's a yeah. temporary that's a temporary feeling. You know, I'll breathe if I get too worked up, you know, just work on breathing and 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 then think again about, you know, I'm I'm not doing something horrible here. I'm I'm getting exercise. Yeah. I'm out in in you know, I'm out in the, the woods or I'm out doing something cool. So you, you kind of got to chill back down, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. And I was, I think I was listening to a podcast or I was reading somewhere. Something interesting about anger and frustration is when you really break it down and work backwards, it's just kind of, um, it's a version of fear, if that makes sense. Like when you get mad at something, let's say, I don't know, you a shot of yours is out of focus and you get mad, you're fearful of that's like embarrassing to you. You know what I mean? So you have an outburst or, um, you know, if somebody drives out in front of you and it is your fault or something at a stop sign and you still like get pissed off or you yell, it's you're fearful of looking stupid. It's just yeah, interesting it's, it's to, it's a, it's a defense. It's a defense for sure. That's all yeah. anger is. All anger is, is yeah. defense and fear, which is yeah. kind of neat. And when you look at it that way, you can be conscious of maybe why you're getting upset about certain stuff. For sure. I still and think like it's you good, said, yeah. it's a good driver though. Sometimes I, I get angry and then it, it, you know, I think people in sports use that too. I would imagine, you know, you, oh, something yeah. happens, you get, you get really, you get really angry and it, it, it works you up and you want to, you want to try harder. You want to try that much, you know, that much more to be successful. And I think it can be used as positive energy. As a tool. You can, yeah. As a tool, uh, you can, you can convert that energy because it is energy still. So not to go all deep on, on you there. No, for sure, man. But like, you I just agree. Kind of directed I used to, in the right direction. When I was growing up playing hockey, my best games are when I was like 10 out of 10 mad. Like I would go out and, and score a goal after I was got reamed on. And I hated it because my coaches would learn this about me. And so they would do and say stuff to piss me off. Even though I knew it was happening, they just yeah. like, what are you doing out there? Like you're playing terrible, even though right. like if I wasn't, yeah. And I get so mad, yeah. I get so mad, and then I do well. So it is. Yeah. What, what we won't dive too much into it, but it is interesting just to think about how fear can and or anger is a can be used as a tool to want to be better. Absolutely. Whatever emotion gets you more invested in what you're doing and can drive focus, I think is is good. For sure, man. What's been your favorite experience um, shooting wildlife other than the foxes? Because we've talked a lot about that, or maybe it's not even them at all, or any crazy yeah, stories. I, I wouldn't say the shooting. foxes. The foxes are definitely not the most rewarding thing I've done. Um, or just like a cool experience. You were telling me about your story. You should tell your story in the Alps. <laughs> That's an awesome yeah. one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I went to uh, uh, Trevina which is the Italian side of the Matterhorn. And uh, I scouted out where I wanted to be for sunup. It was a sunup shot that I wanted. And uh, so I went up the, the day I got there and, and climbed up this, this mountain to check the vantage point. It was like, you know, reflection of the Matterhorn in, uh, in a lake. And it was this yeah. awesome What's the lake, lake called again? I forget what it's called. Oh, I don't remember. This is Something the Italian like, side, so it's yeah. It oh, might okay. not be the one you're thinking of, but um, the the more popular side is the Switzerland yeah. side. Okay, um, which is Delacy. I just murdered that name, but it's 
Stelisi or Stelisi is, is the lake that every most people <laughs> so go cultured. to. Yeah, You're exactly. so cultured. It's terrible. I even <laughs> asked the person, I was like, I remember long <laughs> enough asking the name and thinking, oh, I was way off, but not like soaking it up <laughs> so I could say it the right way. You know? Right on. <laughs> Whatever. So, so I was exhausted and uh, I come down and I uh, wake up for my early morning hike, which it was like a three and a half hour um, hike to where I needed to be. And uh, so I do it again that morning and, uh, you know, got the shot. And then on my way back down, I was so exhausted because I had made this, you know, up, down, up. Now I had to come down again and I was just shot. And this was a big lesson learned. I came down um, this cliff. It was like a direct line into town as opposed to like wrapping all the way around and and adding like an extra hour and a half onto my, uh, onto my, my hike time. So I climbed down this this cliff, which was sketchy, but there were what I thought was a group of cows. <laughs> and uh, the whole time that I had been there, you know, like anywhere I had gone, that wasn't the first place I had gone. But anytime you see cows, it's like they're, they're super chill. And like you can go up and like give them a hug and you know wrap your arm around them. Like it's just it's not a big deal. So I'm coming down and I am exhausted. I, I don't even think I had a power bar with me. I was probably... You know, I should have had some energy too. So I'm not thinking right, but I, I'm like, all right, this is gonna be sweet. I'll get a couple shots of cows, you know, because it was a beautiful, it was the foothills of the Matterhorn and then this other um, kind of cliffy thing. It wasn't a mountain, but it was a cliffy thing, but they kind of converged and formed a V and there was this lake or not lake, a, a, like a Creek that like flowed through between the two land masses and the cows were at the end of that. So I got to like 50 feet, I'd say, and I was like, I had my lens on and I, you know, I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I snapped this pick and as soon as I hit the shutter, it, it turned out they were a group of bulls and the, the first <laughs> one started charging me. <laughs> so I'm like, it was just like an oh shit moment. Like what, you know, what the hell am I going to do? He was all out sprint to my ass, you know? And, uh, I, I just I started booking up the the foothills of this mountain and um it's all boulders and rocks and stuff and I I hid behind this one boulder and you know put my camera back in my bag and and I could hear them still charging like there were like six eight maybe bulls that I could hear the ground rumbling you know it's like oh my god <laughs> did you so think I, you were gonna die I really <laughs> thought I was going to get trampled it, I'll tell you what. I would be dead. There's no question if that were a field and I couldn't climb up that steep. Yeah, no mountain, shit. Eh? I would be dead. No question, trampled. Maybe not dead, but I would have been gored and trampled and uh, I probably would have been dead. No one would have found me for a very long time. It was very stupid. Oh, you were by yourself? Oh, I was by myself. Yeah, totally by myself. I didn't know so, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. M- most of the things that I do, I'm by myself for. Um, cool. So... Yeah, so I was able to like climb that back, you know, climb back up that mountain and get away from them. And I took some pictures when I got to like a, a vantage point where I was um, safe. But holy shit, that had my heart juiced, you know. So I get back in the car and I drive to uh, Chamonix, France, which is like, I don't know, a two and a half hour, three hour drive from there. And um, I was with a buddy on that trip, but he didn't come with me. He's not a photographer. He just came just yep. to keep me company and hang. So we were going to do this, this hike 
um, in Chamonix up to this lake that oversees um, the Mont Blanc Massif. And uh, you got to go up these these ladders. Um, you know, this is all the same day, getting chased by the bulls. Dro- drove three hours, get out of the car and do this hike up this mountain. It's like a three-hour, four-hour, I think it may be four-hour hike. And we get up, get up, I get up this ladder, the series of ladders where you're not hooked into anything. You're going up, it's got to be at least 100, 200 feet. And you're climbing ladder and, and, and jumping from ladder to ladder, not hooked up to anything. And you are just thousands of feet in the air. It's crazy. You're, you're toast if you, you fall. So I get, I get up there and uh, I thought it was going to be like, oh, cool. I'll do a selfie. You know, like I'm hanging off this ladder, like sweet. But then I realized like I'm scared shitless and uh, the lactic acid is building up from me hanging onto this ladder and like climbing, <laughs> like holding on for dear, dear life, you know, <laughs> and I get up there and I, I remember taking off my pack and and laying down and, and just kind of trying to like close my eyes and like take a breath. And, <laughs> and I hear these, I'm, I'm all by myself and I hear these rocks moving on the side, you know, the cliff side and there, you know, rocks are falling and tumbling. I'm just like, what the hell? You know, I look over and I'm 15 feet away from what turns out to be an ibex but at the time i didn't know what the hell an ibex was and it has the most intimidating horns you've ever seen in your life you know the, these yeah. horns go these horns go feet above its head and they're they're yeah for people who don't know what an ibex is google <laughs> that i-b-e-x and ibex they're yeah, gnarly they are gnarly but he did not give a shit about me thankfully and um but then a couple more started to to come around me. There were like four, and I was like circled. So I was just like, "Oh, this is you know." I, like I said, I didn't know their temperament. I didn't know what they were, and I was just like, "I'm done." Like I had the bulls in the morning. I climbed this thing. I got no energy. I literally took out my pocket knife. It was just sitting there, and like if I have to stab something, like I'll go down with a fight, you know. And, but they they couldn't care less. I got that was great, and I got some really. Is cool your shots pocket knife at your camera? I guess. Yeah. Or yeah, did yeah. you get some shots of them? No, I got some great shots of them. Yeah, I That's took awesome. out the portrait. I took out the portrait lens and got some uh, got some really great shots. Cool. I, I'm actually posting another one of them uh, in a couple days. Are you cool? Yeah, it's Let me got check uh, it out. Mont Blanc in the back, and then it's got an ibex in the foreground. It's it's pretty cool. That's one hell of a story, dude. I'm glad you're still with us. I know it was, dude. It was so, <laughs> such a head trip. It was bad. But so then I, the the lessons learned. You know, it's like okay, yeah. If I'm going up this route and that's the route that I, I researched and I I've already done and I have familiarity with, there's no shortcuts. You're not taking shortcuts. Like it's the Alps. It's legit. You're not, you, you stay, stay the path, stay the course. If that's what you researched and that's what you know, then that's what you do. Stick with what you know, stick with what you know, and then don't push it. Like I pushed it trying to do so many things in one day. Just Right. It was a little count your blessings for the day. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You got the one shot. No, that's cool. I like that. I like that. I've these last couple episodes, uh, actually, Aaron was suggesting this leaving, I guess, maybe three points to take away from episodes that I've been having with guests. And so, obviously, um, you know, stick with what you know is a really good one, especially if you're traveling through foreign land or, yeah, for sure. Could be around bulls that might kill you or, (laughs) or what the deal is. So stick with what you know, if you're doing that, I think another one that we talked about today, which is really important is doing your research. Yeah. I mean, that's invaluable is just having, 
if you're going to go out for the first time just to fast track your success and to, you know, I know we talked about how it's not wasted time, but I mean, if you can get the shot quicker, um, because of the research that you've surmounted, like by all means load up on, on, on YouTube, um, you know, credible blogs, stuff like that. And asking um, community members if you're part of a, yeah. if you're part of a community of people that have, you know, done things, um, you know, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Facebook groups, WhatsApp yep. groups, exactly. all that stuff. Yep. And then I think maybe finally our last thought would be if you do get frustrated or angry on a bad day, channeling it, you know, as a tool, using it as a tool to be better. Absolutely. Instead of just like wallowing in it. Yep. You got to turn all the, all the negatives into as many positives as you can. For sure. Yeah, man. And speaking about, um, communities and, um, you know, groups to get involved with, you're the, one of the admins for, um, buff photo mafia, right? Why don't you tell people about what that is? If, if there's anybody in, you know, the New York area listening. Sure. We started, uh, myself, Adam, Danny, and Brett Blakely started a community in the Buffalo area called Buffalo photo mafia. And it's a really cool group where people, photographers in the area that have, you know, everyone can contribute. doesn't matter if you're, you know, just starting out or you have many years of experience. Someone's been somewhere that someone hasn't been is kind of the philosophy. So where is it? How do you get there? How do you get there safely? Um, what gear do I need? You know, we, we're constantly doing um, meetups through Skype now because it's uh, obviously quarantining and um, we want to keep the community alive though and going. So we're, we're doing Skype meetups where, you know, people will talk about maybe their favorite locations in the area and how to get there or talking about gear and technique. And so everyone's learning from, uh, you know, everyone else. And it's, it's a really cool, um, community. I'm, I'm really, it's turned into way more of a positive than I expected it to. And it's being pretty well received so far. We got about 80 people in the room. So if anyone's interested, you can hit me up on uh, Instagram. Just give yeah. me a DM, Nooch10. Yeah. Instagram. And even That's just a UCH10. Yeah. Usually I plug people, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Sorry. I'm taking that away from you. <laughs> you steal my thunder. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, yeah. You're done. Yeah. No. Even if you're not uh, in the New York or Buffalo area, though, you should still follow Mike. Um, again, his handle, just because I got to reclaim some of the power here. <laughs> is <laughs> at nooch10 at n-u-c-h-1-0 um awesome wildlife stuff awesome landscape stuff and um really giving back to the community with that uh that whatsapp group i'm in it um by the way for those listening and it's really awesome there's always conversations going on there's always valuable stuff in there so anyways mike thanks for coming on i think you provide a lot of insight especially for people like myself who are looking to get into wildlife um I think that's really cool. Um, go out and buy a lens that can give you that range. Be patient and just learn, do research. Absolutely. No, no. So, question. anyways, man, thanks for coming on, dude. Thanks for having me, bud. It was a lot of fun. Great conversation. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast. Hope you got a lot out of this chat with Mike and I, where we talked about patience channeling anger and frustration and using it as a tool if you ever have any when you're out shooting and just learning from your mistakes if you're listening on apple podcasts it would mean the world to me if you dropped a review and a rating until next time go get shooting go get editing and stay focused see you then